On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the greatest rivalry in all of college basketball. The Louisville Cardinals <laughs> finally, Tate, at long last, beat Kentucky. It's officially a rivalry, I think. We're, we have to talk about that a little bit because nobody likes making fun of that rivalry more than you and I. But at the same time, my big thing was always Louisville has to beat Kentucky at some point for me to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. They finally did, so mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge it. Yeah, we want to acknowledge we went to Louisville, Kentucky. We did a live show there, and mm-hmm. we fell in love with the the Louisville people. They're basketball people. Uh, they were OSP people at the time, the people that came out and showed us love. So we do love Louisville. We want to give you support. Um, and in this game, I have a tweet saved every single year in my drafts that just said, oh, wait, Kentucky won the best rivalry yep. again. You know what I mean? And I have an alert on my phone. Of, of uh, Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown says like be sure to tweet this gif when Kentucky comes back to win exactly <laughs> this is a tradition as is tradition we were ready for Big Blue Nation to celebrate this was the win that gets the you know everything back in order in Big Blue Nation it didn't happen and uh, shout out to, to Louisville the Cardinal and uh, yeah shout out to, to Coach Murray Coach Mack everybody we, we the rivalry is here we're going to be talking about Cal's guys a little bit, too. Uh, we got good guys. Mm. We got bad guys. Um, we, we have to talk about Gonzaga. I have pages, Tate, multiple pages of Zag notes guys. on the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the start that we are seeing from Gonzaga and how we kind of haven't seen anything like it before. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that gets said a lot, but it's also true a lot. And that doesn't mean that Gonzaga is the greatest team of all time, but it just means that this idea that we, we've seen teams be good you know, in, in mm-hmm. November, December. Yeah, we have. We've not seen teams do what Gonzaga's doing, and I have notes to prove it. I did the I did the the, the data mining, Tate. I have the data. Mm. I have mm. the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Show us the analytics. That's all when, that we want to see. You get when I get so fired up that I start researching stuff. You know that I'm on one. So uh, I mm-hmm. I am very excited about uh, to talk about Gonzaga. We're gonna do that. We're gonna talk maybe maybe a little Big Ten Tate because the new AP poll is out and nine Big Ten teams nine. are in you the top to twenty five. Count yeah. them nine. Uh, two of them are in the <laughs> top ten. None are in the top five. That is how the Big Ten operates. <laughs> We are, we are currently, we, sh- we should say, we're recording this right now. There are two Big Ten games going on. Wisconsin's up one on Maryland with like six minutes left. And Michigan State mm-hmm. is getting absolutely stomped in Minnesota. It's in the first half. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep, that, that's a uh, monitor. Yeah, Marcus that's a Carter. monitor the yeah. situation situation. Uh, so, as, as that unfolds, maybe we'll uh, give you some live reactions or whatever. But, uh, anyway, we're going to talk Big Ten. We're going to talk good guys. We're going to talk bad guys. All of that is coming up. But first, Woody Durham. Hey, thanks for time. All right, so in the time between us recording the intro to the show, Tate, and now, uh, Maryland has now taken a five-point lead on Wisconsin. Mm. There is five minutes <laughs> left, and you're asking yourself, Titus, Tate, why are you guys recording a show if this game's going on and there's five minutes left and the show's not coming out till tomorrow? I'll tell you why, because we did not expect Maryland to get Wisconsin mm-hmm. a good game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Minnesota-Michigan State result... I kind of did expect, to be honest. Minnesota is beating the brakes off Michigan State right now. They're up 17 um, with like a minute left in the first half. So we will monitor the situation. We will uh, we will provide updates throughout. But uh, in the meantime, I got to change some of my notes because I was going to talk about Wisconsin in a little bit, Tate. And I was, uh, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. erase the part where I said the class of the Big Ten. Let's see. Delete that mm-hmm. part. Let's see. Uh, delete. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll get to that. In a yeah, second. I had a whole. Yeah, we had a whole thing about super seniors, about mm-hmm. them uh, being able to run this thing back. You know, next year, talking about this is actually what you want in a year where you don't have enough practice time. As John Calipari wants to remind everyone, you need a team that has the veteran experience, and that's what the Big Ten has. You know, they yep. have nine teams in the AP Top Twenty Five. We'll say that again for the Big Ten fans at home. That is the the official Big Ten stat of the day. And Wisconsin, I mean, they are the poster boys for the the veteran laden, uh, you know, Big Ten and and a team that can actually make a run. But like you said, we're gonna pause on. We're gonna all put that pause. Because, Hold, put a pin in yeah, that. Yeah, we'll yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Th- we'll come yeah, back. throw that to the side right now. Because we'll you know what? On. There's still there's still four and a half minutes left. So if Wisconsin comes back to win. <laughs> Control pace. Put then my we're nose right back, back in. Where we, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're great. They're so good. Before we do get started, for real, uh, I want to say uh, I, I am bringing back the Club Trillion Scholarship. I meant to make this announcement last show, um, mm. and I want to say this at the top because, let's be honest, a lot of the listeners tune out after we get going, and they're like, all right, whatever, and they don't make it to the end. So I want to say this at the top. The Club Trillion Scholarship that I, I started last year, uh, I started a foundation, gave out a scholarship. The winner, coincidentally, was named Tate. Tate. Tate mm-hmm. Clayton of Mississippi State was was the inaugural yep. winner of the Club Trillion Scholarship. We gave him fifteen thousand dollars. He was very uh, appreciative, loved it. Uh, uh, yeah, loved. I fell in love with the kid. I, I talked to him on the phone one time, and he he said all the right things, which is like basically thank you a bunch. <laughs> but we're doing it again, so we're giving out a scholarship. And how this works, if you're new to to the Club Trillion Scholarship. Uh, I, I started a foundation. We are giving a, uh, it's going to be $15,000 again. It is a scholarship open to all division one men's basketball walk-ons. Uh, and what we define as walk-ons is just guys who are not under, uh, guys who did not already have an athletic scholarship. Mm. If you are recruited to the school, say, but you don't have an athletic scholarship, you count. You're, you're eligible for this. If you have some academic scholarships here and there, you're still eligible. It's, it's guys who, you know, every team gets 13 scholarships that they get a lot to their players. If you are not one of those chosen 13 and you are on a Division One roster, you are eligible for this. So the reason I'm announcing mm. this to our audience is some of you might know these people. Some of you uh, might be these people. We might have listeners who are our Division One walk-ons. Go to clubtrillionfoundation.org slash apply. You can apply for this thing. And we, we, we have some time to, uh, I, I think, I forget when the cutoff date's going to be. It's probably going to be like... February 15th, I think is what we decided. Um, mm. So there's still a lot of time. I just want to put that out into the ether. So uh, there's that. And by the way, if you're listening and you're not a walk-on and you want to know how you can help and how you can donate, whatever, uh, all of the money from uh, the cameo, I'm still doing cameo state, believe it or not. I have not, uh, <laughs> I've not bailed on that just yet. Yeah. I did see a tweet from Cameo that was like, what celebrities and superstars are going to join the Cameo family next year in 2021? And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Glad yeah. Titus is doing Maybe this. you. That's Maybe good. it'll be Tate Frazier. <laughs> no, no. All the money, if, if you book me on Cameo, it's like 34 bucks, I think. <laughs> All of the money I make from that, I put towards the scholarship. So that's a way you yep. can... Uh, help out and I'll say whatever you want. I, and, and by the way, I, the, the last thing, uh, I have declined some cameo offers. And if you're someone who listens to the show and you, you, you take it personally, um, I promise you, if I decline your cameo, it's because, uh, I'm, it, you know, I'm getting this notification. That's like, yo, you have like two hours to do this or it's going to expire. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting on the couch with like, I don't know, I'm four beers deep watching football, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. So I'm sorry. I'm being a little lazy, but it, don't take it personally. Like, I, 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 the reason I bring it up, Tate, is I declined a lot over <laughs> Christmas. I was I was not mm-hmm. in any shape of mind to do cameos on Christmas, so I, I unfortunately ruined a lot of people's Christmas by not saying, like, 
Yeah, the team you like uh, uh, looks for real this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it feels like Cameo Christmas is the time. There was a lot of people like I, I, I saw John I Lovitz was giving cameos to like our you know our old teammate Brian Curtis. I saw that, but it's all right. I don't blame yeah. you. Shout out to the Club Trillion uh, Foundation. I think the scholarship is great. Tate Clayton, uh, I think he still follows the show. I'm pretty sure. I've seen yeah. him tweet a couple yeah, we of hope things. So, uh, so, so yeah, done. yeah, he, yeah, he stuck with us. So we, we'll, we'll, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll shout him out again, and uh, shout out to the foundation. I think this is all good news, and yeah. uh, Cameo does not sponsor us. Uh, they and, don't. And no, Mark no, Titus no, is, does not yeah. keep any of the profits, so think about that. that that's can, real charity, folks. You could also, if you if you really want to be a sweetheart, you can also just donate directly. If you go to clubtrillionfoundation.org, <laughs> you can just give money directly, and all the money donated goes straight to the... Because I, I pay out of pocket for all the uh, upkeep and all that kind of stuff, so 100% of it, the same way the Jimmy V thing works. is The 100% mm-hmm. of your money will go directly to the scholarship, so... Uh, you know, help out if you want. I understand, you know, this is not the best time to be soliciting money from people. I also get that too. So you don't have to, that's fine. There's no, look. the, the, the podcast will remain free no matter what you decide. <laughs> can, so. I, can I just say that we really <laughs> missed uh, with the pandemic and so much free time, we missed the opportunity for you to write a book that is basically a parody of Dickie V's book where you pick Florida <laughs> yeah. State is also the national champion of the 2020 tournament. Uh, Forward by and, Leonard Hamilton. Man, uh, man, if only, if only shoot. next year. <laughs> All right, so where we started, we got good guys and bad guys. We start with good guys. Yep. Is that how we do on this program? Yeah, it's yeah, been a while. Yeah. It's been we took a week off. Um, we're back though. I'll let you go first, Tate. Who's your good guy of the week? Yeah, good guy of the week, and uh, like you said, Merry Christmas to everyone, and I hope everyone had a happy holidays. We appreciate that. We appreciate the friends of the program. So we're back in the saddle. Good guy of the week for me. This is a crossover episode uh, for the people back home. Kyle Guy. You know him as the former uh, featured star of the Kyle Guy segment on our show. He is my good guy of the week for one tweet. He Check said DM. on Saturday, <laughs> almost on Saturday, he said in all caps, big day for the who's dot, dot, dot. <laughs> sources say we're ready. Smiling face, horn cross swords. Uh, that was what he tweeted out to the world. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he followed that up later. Uh, by saying Gonzaga was also ready to play today, LOL. Um, but I saw that tweet uh, on Saturday before the game tipped off, and I had this weird moment where I'm like, man, Virginia might be ready to play. You know, Kihei Clark started out a little, you know, going well, and I'm like, all right, I, I can I can see this. Like, it was Kyle Guy. Did he have the right sources? Yeah. And this was a very good guy move. He's just being a good fan. He's just being a good supporter, you know, wahoo wah for the Virginia fans out there. Uh, a great alumnus. But obviously his sources were wrong. They get blown out by Gonzaga. It's a very good guy move. It's something he has to do. But I, it was the first time that I ever had a chance to do Kyle Guy as our good guy. So good guy of the mm. week, Kyle Guy. Yeah, I, I, I saw the tweet as well. Um, I, I feel like you could have <laughs> similarly picked Charlotte Wilder, who uh, we did a podcast with, who we, mm. we directed, we steered toward, at the very last second, we steered her towards the Virginia bandwagon. And I'm pretty sure... Since she's become a Virginia fan, quote unquote, since she decided that would be her college basketball team, uh, Virginia mm-hmm. played one game. They went to overtime against Kent State. Then they had a COVID outbreak and had to pause the program. And then they came back mm-hmm. and got their ass kicked by Gonzaga. <laughs> so yes. uh, good job, Charlotte. You're, you're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Virginia's happy about that choice. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kyle Guy and Tony Guy good- after the game. Uh, he was a very good guy as well. He he was giving all kudos uh, kudos to uh, Gonzaga and saying you know how great of a coach you know Coach Few is. Brought up that he used to play him when he was at Washington State. He's like mm-hmm. we got the best of him a couple times. 
but they're a great program. It was a very good guy interview. Um, he also talked about how they needed high caliber competition. I think that's a great buzzword uh, when you talk about you know what you want to hear from Tony Bennett. So they needed a high cal- caliber competition, uh, a game against Gonzaga to see where they were. We both learned in this game that they are far from being a high caliber team this season. And uh, good guy of the week, Cobb guy. I hate how stoic Tony Bennett is. Do you think there's anything that can get him going? <laughs> like, really piss him off? I, I guess I think not. Kevin I guess Stallings. It, I think yeah. Kevin Stallings in a softball game is about the only person that can get him. <laughs> the to softball, go. yeah. Uh, yeah, but not not anything else. I think basketball-wise, he, he yeah. kind of knows what's going to happen, you know? That's Tony the hard Bennett part with Tony. Tony Bennett is a big he, softball he can, guy. Yeah, he loves. <laughs> but he, he loves can read the... the writing on the wall. He can read the writing on the wall that the, like that game was not going to go well early on. He was like, okay, yeah, that's true. Not our yeah. day. Yeah, um, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save my Gonzaga thoughts for the Tony guy section. Okay, uh, please. But um, yeah, I, I do have a lot. Boy, boy, I love this Gonzaga team. <laughs> my good guy pick is uh, some someone who is not a guy at all. It is a it is a woman. She is the head mm. basketball coach of your beloved Tate, and I'm talking to you specifically, Duke Blue Devils. Her name is Kara Lawson, and she has decided, in conjunction with the rest of her team, to opt out of the 2020-2021, the remainder of the season. She has uh, she is a good guy for that reason. Uh, she, she has followed in Coach K's footsteps. This, mm-hmm. is, this did not come out of nowhere. Coach K, as we know, on December 8th, got his ass kicked at home versus Illinois, his second loss to the Big Ten to, he's 0-2 against Big Ten teams at this point in the season. Also lost at home to Michigan State, who, by the way, good time to do a, a check-in on Michigan State. Uh, down 20 mm. at the half. Yikes. Mm. Mm. Not great. Not 36-16. So Coach K, as we remember, uh, as we covered extensively on this program, uh, said it's time to reassess things, maybe potentially. It has nothing to do with the fact that I got my ass kicked. Uh, Kara Lawson, who is the brand-new coach at Duke, um, this is her first year as the coach at Duke. She was 3-0 and at the time. The next night, she gets smoked at Louisville. She's asked about Coach K's comments. She says, I don't think we should be playing right now. That's my opinion on it. Uh, so she she falls in line as as uh, a good representative of Duke basketball should. She falls in line with Coach K, says, I don't think we should be playing. And, I don't, and the mm-hmm. fact that Louisville just killed us has nothing to do with that. <laughs> but where Coach K was, you know... Uh, Toe in, toe in the water, put put a little toe in the water. Like, should I cancel the season? Should I not? Uh, I'm going to cancel the non-conference, but we're still going to play at Notre Dame and and whatever. Carol Lawson's team decided we're done. It's it. It's mm-hmm. over. Uh, she she did not take the cowardly way out. She said, "I we believe in this." Uh, I don't think it was her, by the way. I think it was the players that opted out ultimately. But um, nonetheless, this is this is a big deal because this is the first uh, men's or women's Power Five basketball team. Obviously, the Ivy League has all uh, opted out. There are a handful of others. I saw Chicago State mm-hmm. um, recently opted out of the rest of the season. But the Duke women are the first uh, Power Conference team men or women to opt out of a season. Uh, and, and it's, is it a coincidence that coach K was the one who kind of started the conversation about opting mm-hmm. out? I don't know, Tate. I don't know. You're the Duke whisperer. I don't know, but Carol Lawson might pick for good guy of the week. Yeah. And it's a great pick because when coach K said this December 8th, like you said, uh, they were teetering and they were falling, you know, out of sorts. They're all over the place. Duke basketball at the time. But since then, uh, in the two weeks since the AP poll, they were 21 at that time. That's what they had fallen to. I think 11 spots. They fall from 10 to 21. Since then, they win one game at Notre Dame, uh, which was you know their their saving grace. Get them back. Uh, you know, get an ACC win. Get Coach K all together. They have moved up in the AP mm-hmm. poll uh, <laughs> since he made those comments. They are now 20 in the AP poll. Uh, they stayed at 20 this week in the AP poll. Duke who's, is who's still ahead ranked. of them though. Who's ahead of them? 
I can't. I, what do you mean at nineteen? Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, 19, Xavier. No, uh, there's there's a team called the Northwestern Wildcats, which oh brings me to God. the uh, which brings me to the Coach K successor power rankings. Is Carol Lawson? I feel like Carol Lawson kind of shot her way up to the top, but then now. <laughs> it's a two horse race in my eyes it's chris collins and carol lawson right now and uh i i don't know how i don't know who has the lead but but yeah all all i will say is that capel was standing over there saying look at champagne look at the highlight they beat chris collins he's like coach k i beat him i beat him head to head please coach please listen to me coach k is dismissing everyone he, he is just waiting to see what they look like when the new year begins. I think Coach K will follow suit if they fall, you know, if they lose the next two or three games, Duke, he's right <laughs> Duke's there. Duke's opting out. <laughs> yeah, they're opting out, for sure. I think he's right behind her. I think I think this is, you know how we, we like to joke about testing the waters? I think this was test the waters. Kara Lawson, first year on the job. Get, you know, she's green. She's figuring it out. She comes from the Celtics. She's got a lot of good favor, you know, with the right. Duke administration, with Coach K, with, you know, Kevin White, everyone involved. Has the, has the ends with ESPN as well. Exactly. So she's got like has the media, the media ends. She, she, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the fact that she can do this, Coach K can support her decision. And then yep. if things are going awry, he can say, you know what? I've looked at the numbers, and I've looked at what is right and what is wrong, and I have to say I back my original declaration, not Carol Lawson's, not her, not her faith, my own declaration, and I will make that decision and de- determination now to opt out of the season. And uh, I don't think we're far away from that. If, if Duke falls out of 20 or goes below 20, it's over. That's it. Good luck. You better hope that they stay at 20 or above. So if you were a college basketball fan, this is the year. You have to get over it. You have to pull for Duke. You have to I, say I do want Duke. It, it, it is what it is. I've come back around. Like I want I want Duke to be great again. I I want them to I, especially the ACC is not I mean, we're we're talking about the the Big 10 as 9 in the top 25. Tate, the ACC has zero teams in the top 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, who mm-hmm. Virginia was picked to win the ACC and they got absolutely obliterated by Gonzaga. Yeah, no, I, 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 I am a hundred percent in saying that I think North Carolina is the best team in the ACC, and uh, Florida State is maybe the second best team, and uh, Duke might be the third best team. Virginia might be the fourth best. Team. But the my ACC, point is, Clemson, ACC, Clemson could be the best. Clemson team. could who be knows? the best team. My point who is, knows? ACC is not that great. It's certainly by ACC standards. Maybe not at all. Maybe Duke goes on a little run here. And we look up. That would be great. That's what I'm saying. Coach great for content. Is is Duke is like ranked seventh in the country again? And yeah, it could happen. Still at twenty. In the meantime, Kara Lawson, uh, she knows where she works. She knows what she's doing. She's not stupid. And uh, she also kind of had nothing to do with this decision because I think the players (laughs) picked it. But for the for the purposes of the shtick, she did. Mm. And uh, smart move, Kara. Very smart move. Good guy move shutting down, opting out for the rest of the season. And and for all you critics out there that say uh, she only did this after they got their ass kicked by Louisville, how dare you? I just want to mm. say that. How dare you? Mm. Has yeah, and I'm going to give you a it. finger wag on the other side <laughs> of that. How dare you, you finger wag. Uh, uh, yeah, big guys. guy of the week. We love it. Yeah, bad, bad guy guys? of the week. Yeah, this is uh, this is honestly pretty simple for me, and it's, it's almost like a nostalgic pick because of how great he was last year. And I think um, we almost downplayed – how much of a star Bill Self was, my bad guy of the week last mm-hmm. season, uh, by bringing Snoop Dogg out at Midnight Madness, by uh, you know winning the Maui Invitational, by saying, you know, I don't even know if there are haters, and if there are, why? 
You know, why, mm-hmm. why, why hate on this successful team with great players that love the game? I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I don't know what you're talking about. You were Dana Jacobson, and he was Leonard Hamilton when you asked him. Yeah. Message huh? for the haters. He was like, huh? huh? I don't, yeah, take, yeah what never heard of that. Haters? Yeah, of please, please stop that. <laughs> Bill Self, he had this one quote, which is why he got bad guy of the week. One, it was his birthday, which I'll talk about that here in a second. But here was the quote that got me. You know, they beat Texas Tech. They beat West Virginia. And he said after the West Virginia game, they're hitting Ryan, you know, Brown's hitting a bunch of threes. They're, they're playing great. He said everybody was aggressive, but nobody was thirsty. And, uh, <laughs> and like, to me, that is, one, just why Bill Self is the best, uh, that he can have, like, that thing, that saying right there, that line, it means nothing, but also means so much. Yeah. And, and it's so, you know, after beating Bob Huggins, after beating Huggy Bear to say that line like that, it just, you know, it gives me Josie Wells Do you think vibes. it's a coincidence? Do you think, like, yeah, the Bob, that him and Huggy Bear were, were talking the night before the day of the game, and he kind of, like, Huggins just kind of rubbed off on him. And he got, remember when Huggins was on our show, and he used the phrase, like, I, I almost fell out of my chair because I, 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 he just said it so quickly, didn't pause at all. Mm. Uh, said back when I didn't know come here from Sikkim. He's like, back when I was a young coach and I didn't know come here from Sikkim, I was a, and then he just kept going. And I was like, what? What a phrase. Oh my God. Yeah, so I didn't know come here right. from Sikkim. I was like, oh my Lord. So maybe Bill Self was just hearing Huggins talk. Yeah, like it's that, a Huggy Bearism that, yeah. that he stole yeah, in the post game. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if not Bill Self, Huggy Bear, bad guy of the week, that line got me. Um, and then, like I said, Bill Self's birthday happens. You know, the, we're getting all the retweets. And then I see this video that I had never seen before. And it's Bill Self, and he's in a car. It's a promo video for Kansas basketball. And he's looking for his whistle. Right, that's the premise of the video, and he and he looks behind him in the back seat, and it's you know all of the Big Twelve championship trophies, and he's like, "Well, my whistle's not back there," and he's like, "What about in the way way back?" And then the camera pans, and you look in the way way back, and it has the national championship trophy. Um, then he's like, "Well, it's not back there. What about the trunk?" They go to the trunk, and there's some other medals that Bill Self has won, and then he goes to the 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 glove compartment, and it's the rings. He has the Big Twelve rings and everything like that. He's like, "Well, my whistle's not in there." And I was just like, this guy made this promo video first and foremost uh, to just show off all of his championships, all of the Big 12 championships, which is very, you know, rings culture, very college basketball, you expected. But the video was like him playing Matthew McConaughey in a Lincoln ad. You have to did find he, this video. Did he hit it's a fire hydrant like Billy Preston and then I, tie it I, all together I, and like there's a bag of cash that fell out? And then That would be, honestly, <laughs> that would be the greatest ending ever. But it just said to me, Bill Self, this man gives, uh, you know, zero yeah. Fs, whatever you want to say. He's the best. He is the definition of a, you know, a bad guy, especially around Christmas. He's got Santa Claus vibes going and... Uh, I don't know. I loved his post-game press conference. I love the way he's carrying himself, and I love the fact that they've won two straight ranked games uh, in the Big 12, and now they're going to play Texas, and I I have faith that uh, Kansas is going to show up in that game, number three in the country, and uh, Bill Self, bad guy of the week. I love how loose Bill Self is, given that mm. the Big 12 is as good as it's ever been. There are yep. five teams, I think, in the top 13 of the AP poll. I mean, we were, we were spending so much time talking about the Big 10 um, that we forgot to mention that the Big 12 is – the most really top good. heavy. Yeah. Yep. Five teams in the top 13. They got four in the top 10. And so th- this is as good as the big 12's ever been. Baylor is obviously the favorite to win it. Uh, Kansas does not have the full uh, uh, Allen Fieldhouse. They have some fans, I guess. They're they're. Mm-hmm. It depends on how big the game is, how many fans they let in. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it seems. <laughs> seems to be what it how it works mm-hmm. when you're playing Creighton. All right, fans in. Yeah. <laughs> we're playing. Yep. Uh, we're playing Iowa State. We don't need them. You can stay out. Yeah. 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 
So uh, uh, he doesn't have the the Allen Field. Allen Fieldhouse is good for what five six points a game. If it's a big game, absolutely, probably yeah. maybe twelve points in a big game. He, yeah. he doesn't have that weight behind him, and yet I, he still's got the swagger that like we're gonna win the Big Twelve, and all the haters you have to kiss it because there's nothing they can say about me at this point. That I win the Big Twelve every year. It doesn't matter if I don't win it, like I didn't a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I still won mm-hmm. it. People still mm-hmm. think I won it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna win it this year. People are still gonna talk about how I I win it every single year. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Self is the definition. If you never break, people will never believe it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he is never broken. He has never admitted that he is not. The, you know, Josie Wells of the Big Twelve. He's going to win. It's it's a, basically a matter of time before it is de- designated that Kansas is going to win the Big Twelve and just sit back and take it. And uh, it's that's like, why we love him. Yeah, it, it, his Big Twelve streak is like the uh, the teams that kind of start undefeated but don't finish undefeated, but they're still called mm-hmm. the undefeated teams. Like the, the yeah. I still call the the 2015 Kentucky team the the undefeated Kentucky <laughs> team. And the, mm-hmm. the the undefeated mm-hmm. Illinois team. And that the undefeated, undefeated San Diego State. Yeah, like honestly, if San Diego State leans into the undefeated thing, if, if San Diego State had stayed undefeated for long enough this year, I think you really could have convinced everybody that the, they entered, they would have entered the tournament last year undefeated and it got canceled. You really yeah. could have convinced because I think you just like lean into the bit and then people, they're not going to check. No one remembers. That's mm. Bill Self. He's like, I win the Big 12 every year. Don't check that. Don't check whether I haven't in the last couple <laughs> of Don't look years. that up. Yeah, don't, don't fact up. check there's that. No, there's no point. <laughs> I do think that they should hang banners for, like, if you're the last undefeated team, that should be a banner that goes up. That's and a great banner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 13-0, 14-0, last but, undefeated team of the season. But doesn't that just encourage Jim Beheim to have an even softer schedule? And <laughs> Your coach so every can. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we have an update, and this, this works out well for my bad guy of the week. Uh, because mm. my bad guy pick is Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big mm. Ten. Uh, for putting four Big Ten games on Christmas Day. Um, I don't love this moving forward. I hope this is not a thing every year that that the Big Ten plays on Christmas because I have always been of the belief, and maybe I'm alone in this, that holidays should be holidays. Uh, It's a crazy thought, um, but maybe we should just treat holidays like holidays. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that take. We'll we'll, we'll see. It's a good take. But (laughs) uh, this year it makes sense because it's like, all right, the guys – the guys staying on campus is probably the safest thing, just in the sense of uh, sending them home, uh, even though Coach K thinks it's a good idea, sending all your guys, all scattering them all over, and then bringing them back to campus. That seems to not be the smart move. So they're like, we got to probably keep them on campus for Christmas, which sucks, but that's the way it works. And if we're going to keep them here, I guess maybe we might as well play. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't mind them playing this year. Point is, there were four Big Ten games. I, I watched them all. Uh, I enjoyed them all. There were three probably three good good ones i i would say uh michigan nebraska could have done without mm. that one i suppose mm-hmm. so yeah I, I wanted to talk about kevin warren talk about a little bit of these games but before i do that uh wisconsin officially lost hate that's that was the update mm. wisconsin is the final they lost at home to maryland 70 to 64 both of these teams played on christmas day and i guess i'll, I'll start with maryland because uh the the one note i had about maryland they lose at purdue 73 70 they lose in Mackey arena and Mark Turgeon's post-game press conference, he has this quote, Tate, where he says, we've gone back-to-back games, four turnovers and five turnovers, and hell, we couldn't catch that ball, that Nike ball at the start of the game. So he's saying, entering this Purdue game, they've taken care mm-hmm. of the ball. Then you start the game at Purdue, it's a Nike ball. They're turning it over. They can't hold on to it. Mark Turgeon <laughs> points this out. We were fumbling balls, and I was like, that's weird. How can they hold on to it? So Mark Turgeon has a conspiracy that Purdue is juicing the ball somehow. Yep, yep. That's why they lost at Mackey Arena. I thought he was ridiculous. I had it in my notes ready to kill him for it. But 
tonight, just now, they go to Madison, Wisconsin, who is also an Under Armour school. They're playing with Under Armour basketballs. Wisconsin has gotten rid of the the turd uh, Sterling balls that Bo Ryan used to use back in the day. Mm-hmm. They're using Under Armours. They're using balls that Maryland's familiar with. And Maryland takes down the team that many believe is the best in the Big Ten. So maybe turns it right. Maybe turns it on to something. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of reminds me of uh, when we were in Nashville. The Providence team they looked at us and they said, "Can you take some of the air out of these basketballs? They're too, they're too, they're too inflated." Mm-hmm. And you and I kind of laughed, but we looked at each other and we were like, "I could see that. Those were Nike basketballs. They were, you know, we shot with those balls on the court. They were, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've overinflated is probably the best term, but they just feel like it's just too much." There's mm-hmm. just too much. It's hard to control. Uh, it doesn't feel nice when you take a shot with those basketballs. So I like the I like the complaint. I like the fact that we have another story that we, we can relate to it outside of Maryland by just saying that Providence has had the same problem with the same basketballs. That's and Providence I've also personally, yeah. yeah, I've also had personal problems with Nike basketballs. I hate that North Carolina. I used to play in the Dean Dome. I hated all the Nike basketballs they play with. I actually complained multiple times. That's why they can't shoot. And if you watch some of the games mm. that they play, I'm like, my God, mm. play with the Wilson Evolution for once. Makes like, play, g- g- give me something. Nike basketballs are are not. But I mean, obviously, most Nike things are top tier. Nike basketball is not one of them, so I can see the complaint. But Mark Turgeon is also famous for complaining in the Big Ten about yeah. any little thing. So I was going to say, really the benefit we, we of should we should point out that Maryland had five turnovers against Purdue, <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like. Uh, you know, it wasn't like they were. It wasn't drastic. It, it wasn't drastic. They had five turnovers the entire game. Um, I, I, I think this is not founded in reality, but it's hilarious nonetheless because he immediately I some, turns I around somehow and plays agree, with balls. And I can, I can see other players on the team agreeing, just being like, "Yeah, coach." No, I, I definitely, I definitely do believe that basketballs matter in terms of uh, shooting and all, and that's probably why I sucked ultimately at the collegiate level, but. Um, I I I I'm a, I was a pretty good shooter in my day, and it mattered mm-hmm. to me. It mattered the balls and, and how it felt and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I I, I I would totally believe that. Like if there's a if there's a post game thing where uh, say Marcus Carr, who I want to talk about here in a second, Marcus Carr goes like two for sixteen, and they're like, Marcus, what happened out there? He's like, I hated that basketball. We were playing with the rock. Mm-hmm. It felt like a plastic. Thing. Yeah, and that was exactly. all he said. That, I feel like. Ball. A yeah. lot of the nerds on Twitter would be like, oh my God, excuses, excuses. And I'd be like, oh, Marcus, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It makes sense to me. <laughs> no, there was multiple games. Like we played this school crossroads. And when we went there, I was like, I'm going to have a horrible game because we're playing with the rock. You know, it's like, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> it's Coach. like when I'm playing in wind and golf. You know what I mean? When it's windy, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just can't do this. Like it's, it's a mental, a, maybe it's a mental, it is a mental thing. Like, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, listen. If you want to, if you want to tell me I have the yips and I'm, I'm a, I, I, I'm a wuss mentally. I'll, yeah, yeah. sure. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll, I'll admit <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, but, but I don't want to play with that basketball. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> the game of the day on Christmas was was Wisconsin Michigan State. Both of these teams are getting yep. uh, so Wisconsin already lost Michigan State. Let's do a Michigan State score check right now. Mm. Let's see what's uh, what's going on right there. Uh, Michigan State has oh my god, sixteen minutes left in the second half, forty seven to twenty one. Mm. Where, where's your hand with that Michigan State panic button? That's what uh, hovering. We it's have to hovering take into right account now. because yeah. so going into this game, I, I had this written down that I wanted to share with you. So uh, going into the game tonight, uh, Aaron Henry's on a pregame radio show. I saw this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State has started zero and two in the Big Ten. They're about to be zero and three, and barring a miraculous comeback tonight, they're zero and two to start the Big Ten. And his quote going into the game tonight at Minnesota was, "We put ourselves in a hole. Now we got to dig." <laughs> 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 and, uh, and everyone, huh? everyone looks and said, hey, "No, you, you, 
Climb. Uh, Rise. Best, yeah, Rise. yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> Get out of the, the hole. The best part about it is, so he has that quote of the pregame show. The game starts. Aaron Henry is starting on the bench, and Foster Lawyer is starting in his spot. <laughs> Are they related? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there's that. Uh, Wisconsin won at Michigan State in a game that, at the time, on Christmas Day, was not that mm-hmm. long ago, folks. We're talking about three days ago. Felt like a massive game in terms of yep. Big Ten implications. It felt like one of these teams is going to ascend to the Big Ten throne. The other team is going to be relegated to the kids' table. Mm-hmm. And then we look up in three days, and suddenly both of them are losing. And uh, I guess that's just that—that that is the Big Ten. That is going to be the Big Ten this year. Is you're just going to get whiplash trying to fire off takes about teams that uh, one team loses. I've, I've been doing this with Indiana already. Like Indiana lost to Northwestern, and I was trying to tell my my dad like Northwestern is not—they're not horrible, mm-hmm. Dad. I promise. Yeah, it's they're, not a bad like, loss. It's not like a horror. He's like, I don't care. And then the Northwestern beats Ohio State, and I was like, See, I told you, mm-hmm. not bad. They're—they're they're in first place in the Big Ten, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, just while we're here, I just want to mention the nice things about Wisconsin because, like you said, we at the top of the show we had you know a, a Wisconsin heavy, not heavy, but focused version of like they're the best team in the Big Ten because they have the you know their average age of their starters is twenty three years old. That, they're older than the out. Bulls, as the, yeah, exactly. the stat someone figured out. Now it's going to be said every time Wisconsin plays, but every yeah. single time. Uh, yeah. But that was their first win against Sparty in the Breslin Center since '04. So that's you know mm-hmm. that's history. That's good. It was Greg Gard's eleventh win over an AP top fifteen uh, team. So that's a Big Ten stat of the day there. So. Wisconsin had a lot of momentum coming out of this game, uh, as we discussed, and uh, that was my big takeaway from that day. And I, I didn't even think that Michigan State was uh, fully in panic mode at that time. I, I didn't think so either, buttons. honestly. I yeah. thought Michigan State. Um, I mean, the the the, the point guard situation, like Riker Watts, that, that that is the big thing going into Michigan State this year. Is like, who's going to take over Cassius Winston? Who's going to run the point? Rocket Watts yep. is not a point guard uh, in a traditional sense. I don't. I don't feel like he's been like. You, it's not on him. I feel like the real mm-hmm. issue is kind of. I mean, there's a lot of issues. You, if you're getting smoked like you are at Minnesota, and a not a must win, but I mean, going into this game is it had a must win vibe. They had to dig themselves out of this hole, Tate. And you're going into <laughs> Minnesota, and you're like, this would be a great time to get everything back on track. And you're down by 26. I mean, my God, you got a lot of things wrong. But uh, I don't know. We we, we kind of circled Aaron Henry as well going into the season as a guy who had to be. I don't know how to describe it. Take like, the leap, yeah. Yeah, whatever just, it is. just make the leap, whatever that looks like. He had to be like an all-Big Ten type caliber guy, and he's not been Instead, that. he's digging uh, holes. And he's digging yeah. holes. But the good news is he's got a shovel, so he's going to dig his way out. Don't you worry. Um, what else happened? Michigan, the, the, the other the mm. other game. Michigan beats Nebraska, uh, kind of a ho-hum game, not really worth talking about. I just wanted to point out that Michigan is the sleeper in the Big Ten. They're, they're undefeated in not just the Big Ten, but the, the entire season. Uh, have not played a super tough schedule, so I, I'm not I'm not going to say that they're the best team in the Big Ten or that they deserve to be in the top ten of the AP poll, anything like that. But I I am starting to believe in Michigan more than I wanted to at the start of the season because Hunter Dickinson is a, an absolute mm-hmm. monster, and he this is. guy has my attention. I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that that's really it. it and Isaiah Livers, uh, I got too lost in the shtick. I got too lost in the meme. Mm-hmm. He's a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah, and he makes free throws. He's, yeah. you know, he, that, that's his yeah. thing. That's his thing all season. We'll hear about that. Isaiah delivers at the free throw line. And I think Jawan Howard is winning the PR game. You know, all these, you know, bag schools, all the schools that are trying to get these five-star McDonald's All-Americans guys, they're all trying to, like, save face if they're not winning games. Like Calipari right now, he's just trying to save face. He's trying to say anything to keep next year's mm-hmm. class and the class after that content so that everything will be okay. 
And Jawan Howard brings in transfers, gets like a fun-loving team. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be uh, – I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they're going to be like no. the fifth, sixth in the Big no. Ten yeah. at the end of the day. Um, but I still think they're a fun team for this year. And then they bring in that class next year, and it's all positive momentum. And, uh, you know, that's good for Jawan Howard. Yeah, I, I, I thought Michigan was going to be – this is probably too harsh, but irrelevant in the national picture this yes. year, I would say. I mean, that's I not still to say feel like they, they kind of are. But. Yeah, they, I get – but like – that's not to say they were going to miss the tournament or they were, you know, maybe they would have been a six seed, but like in terms of uh, just, yeah, like I don't know how to measure it, but national relevance in terms of like, you know, are, are people in ACC country keeping tabs on Michigan? Could, could people in ACC country name three players on Michigan? And I guess the Absolutely answer is probably not. no right now. No. still, Right. Definitely. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, so. I, I have, but had I think, I think, I think they're going to be good enough yeah. that, that the answer could be yes, is my point. Mm-hmm. I think, I think by the end of the season, Michigan could be good enough that the answer to that is yes. Like they're not, they're not, no one's looking at them saying this is a national championship team, but they're, they're, I don't know. I, I'm all over the place with my thoughts. On right no, now. no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I understand it though, because I think it's, it's fascinating because they do have sort of like Northwestern where they have the good juju going right now, but I don't yeah. know what the long term. I, I'll Outlook put it this way: I, the season that Purdue is having so far, which is not a not a bad season, but it's just not like a season that people outside of West Lafayette particularly care about thus far. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be Michigan this year. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way, and it is, it is mm-hmm. not. Michigan deserves a little bit more respect than that, and so I'm giving it to you, Michigan. There's your respect. Yeah. Take yeah. your damn respect. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They love. All right. It. Uh, should we take a break and come back and talk about yep. uh, Tony's guys and Cal's guys and? And I just want to talk about Gonzaga, man. I'm so yeah, we yeah we buried the lead. Yeah, let's right, get to let's it. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Homage. We're teaming up with Homage to bring you some exclusive Titus and Tate fan gear tees. Visit homage.com slash Titus and Tate to get your hands on our exclusive Maui Bump or Friends of the Program t-shirt. These are limited releases, so make sure you go pick one up. I just wanted to say shout out to all the friends of the program that have been tweeting at us, reaching out to us, saying that they got T-shirts from their family for Christmas, uh, and shout out to Homage for making those T-shirts. Shout because, out to those family members for getting them the oh, T-shirts, you know. Yeah, and shout out to one of our friends. You know, we'll call him Burke for these purposes, and he got I don't even know how many family members' shirts, but we appreciate him spreading the love. An uncomfortable the amount. <laughs> yeah, so oh. many shirts. <laughs> it made Jim Cunningham so upset, and we love every second of that. Uh, we're also brought to you by. Nitsa, let's uh, let's get into this. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. And finally, we are brought to you by our friends at Raycon. So here's another way 2020 has thrown us for a loop. 
the holidays. Lots of my go-to gifts are non-starters this year. Again, we just got done with Christmas, giving out all the gifts. Raycon is one of the best gifts you can give. If you didn't get your Christmas presents in early, go to Raycon now. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit, you can start listening right out of the box and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is amazing, comparable to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycon start at half the price. Best of all, this is something that you can use for calls or for music, for work or for play, at home or on the go. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And if they already have a pair of wireless earbuds, you can always use a spare of Raycons. Raycon's being generous for the holidays, so on top of their everyday great prices, they're offering our listeners 15% off right now. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tate today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Tate, buyraycon.com slash Tate. Back to the podcast. All right, I've been waiting like three days to do this, Tate. Uh, <laughs> basically, I've been waiting since the moment, the, I think it was the first possession for Gonzaga against Virginia when... Corey Kispert catches the ball at the top of the key, thereabouts. Maybe he's a little more towards the elbow, whatever, but who cares? Catches the ball against Virginia. Uh, and I understand that Virginia's defense is not as good as they usually are under Tony Bennett. It's still Virginia. It's still, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to mm -hmm. slow the game down. They're going to grind you to death. They A bad Tony Bennett defense is still better than almost all defenses in college basketball. So there's still an element of like, you have to respect Virginia's defense. You have to be... Uh, most people playing Virginia have a little bit of uh, uh, appreciation of the opponent that they're playing. Corey mm -hmm. Kispert caught the ball, Tate, did not hesitate <laughs> one iota. Was It was like NBA range, rise and fire, splashed a three right in Virginia's mouth, and I started laughing. That was the only thing that could happen. It was just like, just laughter just started pouring out of me because Gonzaga, the way Gonzaga plays basketball does not make sense for a college basketball team. It does not make mm -hmm. the only thing that comes anywhere close in terms of like what I am seeing from Gonzaga right now and how they're playing. Not that the, I'm not talking about the domination. I'm not talking about winning by a lot because there have been a lot of dominant teams throughout college basketball history. But in terms of how they're playing, it's it's 2018 Villanova. Like when when they were mm -hmm. on that run where they were just the, the the final four game against Kansas when they're making everything and all you, all you can do is laugh. You're just like I don't mm -hmm. know what else. You're a Kansas fan. You're mad at first. And then slowly you're just like, this is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Gonzaga feels like they're doing that every single night out. They, they almost hung, they hung 102 points on Bill Self-Tate. And a month later, they could have hung 100 on Tony Bennett, but they got, they let their foot off the gas. They yeah. got a little too nice. I don't care how good, Kansas, by the way, has a great defense. Kansas still has guys that match up well against Gonzaga and should have been able to hold him to less than 102 points. I don't care how bad Virginia's defense is this year. Uh, 98 points against Tony Bennett is insane. It's absolutely insane. 102, 87 against Bob Huggins. I don't. It, it's 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 blowing my mind. So that's. I just wanted to start with that uh, because we're we're technically in the Tony guy segment of the show mm -hmm. uh, where we talk mm -hmm. about Tony guy Bennett and uh, and his his crop of guys. Well, they just got their asses handed to them by Gonzaga, and I. I, I cannot I am so excited about where this season is going to go for Gonzaga and I just kind of wanted to talk about it with you a little bit because this is this is unbelievable what we're seeing so far. Yeah, I think on the last episode we both talked about the fact that this is Gonzaga's year and that is, you know, a very, you know, auspicious general statement, but it is true in the sense that Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. Mm. There is um, And that's not disrespect to Baylor. It's not. No. No, it's not at all. And it's it's actually a respect to what we've seen from Gonzaga because yeah. Gonzaga has put together one of the most ridiculous schedules. I think 
to put it in context, Coach Calipari said after they lost to Louisville that he had put up the dumbest schedule, the stupidest schedule. He wanted to ever. slap himself. He wanted to slap himself because yeah. it was so stupid. And if you look stupid, at it, it's, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> it's very similar to what Gonzaga put together, which is basically we're going to play top teams, we're going to travel around, we're going to we're going to basically test ourselves. And Calipari thought that was with this Kentucky squad with BJ mm-hmm. Boston and these young guys that they would probably win some of these games, and they obviously haven't. So now he wants to play Bellarmine. He's like, where the hell is Bellarmine? Let's get them on the schedule. Let's play them. Mm-hmm. But Gonzaga's done the exact same thing, and instead of us saying. Uh, you know, what a great job that they've done making the schedule because we know their conference isn't as difficult as ever was the power five. We've all tried to poke holes in it at some level. And that's why Corey Kispert, without, like you said, no hesitation, Dude. coming out and beating the brakes <laughs> off a team, they have to. And, and, and Mark Few is, you said it's not like a college basketball team. It's almost like a, a, um, uh, a, a super like a, like a, an AAU team but not an AAU team of college basketball in the sense that mm-hmm. like they're so deep they obviously they have their own agenda they are they feel isolated and separated from everybody else and they seem like all they do is just produce great basketball they're like a basketball factory in the middle of Washington and the guys that they have, like Corey Kispert, he has worked his ass off to be this good. And that that's why it feels similar to me at Villanova, because you saw those guys grow into themselves right. a little bit. And this team, Drew Timmy is one of those guys. You see him grow into who he is now. Kispert's, and a, Suggs, Kispert's Suggs a local like, kid, right? Oh, sorry, yeah, I think so. No, 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 he is. And uh, But like just the way that they have this team built of veterans, and then they have mm-hmm. the actual McDonald's All-American talent, it's it's a sight to behold. 2018 Villanova makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah. Corey Kispert hit nine threes in this game, right? That That's <laughs> insane. Like, what? Nine threes? That's against Dude, Virginia? He could have hit 15. I mean, he, yeah. I don't think he hit the rim nine times when, when he shot the ball. He, he was unbelievable how... how uh, I don't know, man. That, that's what I mean. They're not... I'm not saying Gonzaga's the best team ever. I'm not saying even 2018 Villanova's the best. It's not like... It's more of like how they're doing it, which is basically embracing the three point line and embracing like mm. tempo a little bit, like just the the way they're going about it. It's it's I've never seen anything like it. I've never like it, it honestly is is crazier to me than 2018 Villanova was. Which is again, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're better than 2018 Villanova. I'm not saying they would beat 2018. I, I don't know. I haven't really thought that through whether they would win or not. I'm just saying I I have never seen anything like this, and uh, I felt pretty confident in that. But I also realize I'm a moron, and I say this a lot of times. Like I I am not. Uh, uh, averse to hyperbole, Tate. This happens to me a mm-hmm. lot. I get caught up in the moments, and and I, I'm like, oh my god, is this the greatest? Ohio State is number one in the net rankings, the first ever net rankings. Are we the greatest <laughs> team ever? Is that what you're saying? Oh my god. So I, I I wanted to think this through because Gonzaga already has beaten uh, three teams currently in the top ten: West Virginia, mm. Iowa, and uh, Kansas are all currently in the top ten. I think when they beat West Virginia, though, West Virginia was 11. So they have two top ten wins. They have two other ranked team wins against ranked teams. West Virginia is 11th. Uh, Virginia was 16th at the time that they beat him. I think Virginia fell. They're still ranked though right now. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea as you're watching Gonzaga do this to teams. There's, there's this idea, and 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 I'm getting this a lot online. Anytime I'll tweet anything about Gonzaga, usually it's from Baylor fans who are saying, "Now hang on a second, we're just as good." No, you're not. You're not. It's okay. You might beat Gonzaga. You might upset Gonzaga when you guys play in the tournament. You might win the national championship. Baylor is a very very good team. You're not as good as Gonzaga. It, mm-hmm. It's okay. That's 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 okay. That's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed about that. There are a lot of teams that aren't as good as Gonzaga, um, but you're you're one of them. It's okay. Uh, and and I'm I'm getting a lot of pushback about this idea that we've seen this before with Gonzaga that they start out hot in November and December, 
They they coast through an easy West Coast Conference schedule, and then March comes and they choke. And th- this is this has become like a narrative with Gonzaga, and it is so factually incorrect. It's not even close to correct. I don't understand <laughs> where it came from, other than just people that don't watch any Gonzaga and just like they're they're filling out their bracket and they see that they've won thirty games, so they assume that everybody quote unquote is talking about how great Gonzaga yep. is. We're like, <clears throat> there's been like two seasons that people have been high on Gonzaga in terms of national title. And one of them, they went to the title game and were yeah. like, and one of them, they almost won. Exactly. And then one of them, they almost won. The other one, they lost to Wichita state, which is the one choked out. I want to get into it because I, I have some stats. So there's this idea that, that they've been this good before that what we've seen from Gonzaga at this point in the season is their MO, right? Like that, that mm-hmm. would be a criticism or like a, someone who wants to, dump cold water on us and say, don't get too excited about what we've seen so far because we see this every year. Here's why that's not wrong. Gonzaga has four ranked wins right now. Two of them are against top 10 teams, as we said. They they have won all four of their ranked, their, their wins against ranked teams. They've won by an average of 13 points. Insane. They are mm-hmm. averaging 97 points a game against ranked teams, Tate. 97 mm-hmm. points a game. The other, so I want to go through the other great Gonzaga teams, quote unquote. Last year, at this point, uh, Gonzaga had three ranked wins. Zero were against top 10 teams, and they had been blown out at Atlantis by Michigan. That was last year's mm-hmm. Gonzaga team. You mm-hmm. remember when Michigan yep. had the, the Atlantis yep. run? Um, and and the, the three ranked wins they had, none of them were by more than seven points. So they were all pretty close games. They weren't blowing anybody out. They were just, you know, they were winning. In 2019, uh, they beat Duke by two in Maui. We remember that game. Um, and then they. 2018. Yep, 2018. That was the 2018 Maui. Oh, the yeah, 2019 yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got sorry. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The 2019 team, the Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point in the season, they had one ranked win. It was against Duke uh, in Maui. Then they lost to Tennessee. We were at the game in uh, Phoenix and Tempe. Mm-hmm. Was it Phoenix? It was Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. It was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to North Carolina as well. So the, the 2019 team. Seventh Woods, 16 yeah. points. Great game. Yeah. They were one and two against ranked teams. So that was not anything like what this team has done. 2018 team, uh, they had one ranked win, and it was against number 25 Creighton at home. And they had three non-conference losses, including an unranked San Diego State. That was, that was the 2018 team. Mm-hmm. The 2017 team, all, all of these teams were going through, by the way, 130 yep. games. So you would, you would think going into the tournament, like, we've been here before with these teams. 2017 team, they had two ranked wins at this season. Zero were in the top 10. They beat number 21 Iowa State by two points. They beat number 16 Arizona by seven points. That's it. Those are their two massive wins. Uh, the 2015 team had one ranked win. It was number 22 SMU at home. And they all the only other ranked team they played was Arizona, and they lost to them. And mm-hmm. then finally, the 2013 team, which is like the only choke job I would say that Gonzaga has ever like actually had, uh, where, where it's you know people pinned to them and say, you really blew this. Uh, the 2013 team that was ranked number one in the country for a long stretch, one ranked win at this point in the season. It was against Oklahoma State, who was ranked 22nd in the country, and they won by one point. And they lost at home. They also had lost at home to Illinois by 11 that year. So my mm. point is, we have never seen this from Gonzaga. We have never seen anything close to this from Gonzaga. And I just wanted to uh, run through that real quickly. That's a great, yeah. I mean, even for me right there, as you did that, I uh, I felt like they won more in 2017 against top-tier teams at the start of the season because, you know, they, they're always famous for playing. Like, even back in the mid-2000s, yeah. they played, like, in the NIT Invitational in New York. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think there's always that built-in idea that Gonzaga is playing a tough schedule, playing a top-5, top-10, top-15 team, whatever it may be, at the start of the year. But still, when you accumulate all of this and you look at the resume, it may look the same. 
at the end of the year. Right. But like, but but it's not the same. And I think that's that's a great point. To that's point my out point because, is that when you when yeah. you see a thirty win Gonzaga team, they're not all equal. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, the the even when the, the I'm not, I'm not killing Gonzaga for playing soft non conference schedules in the past because they don't. Like you said, they the, it feels like they play more. I'm saying this year is particularly insane. They, mm-hmm. they have never played a gauntlet like this and absolutely destroyed teams like this. In fact, I, I don't remember anybody who ever has. Uh, but before we get to, to – I, I, I just wanted to compare them to other teams too because I, I had notes on that. But there's also this idea that they've always choked in March, which, which pisses me off too. And I'm not even a Gonzaga <laughs> fan, but I just get real defensive about this because it's so patently false. Really, the only choke job they have is 2013 against Wichita State in the second round when Wichita State is the nine seed. Um, they were nine seed, right? They, mm-hmm. they were nine seed, I think. I think they were nine um, seed, yeah. Whatever it was, who cares? It's the same thing. They they choke in the second round of Wichita State in 2013. That Wichita State team, as we know, goes on to beat Ohio State, who is the two seed in that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go on to give Louisville, the eventual national champion, uh, in the Final Four. They give Louisville the best game Louisville had the entire tournament. If you go back and like relitigate, if for lack of a better word, or revisit, I guess would be uh, that game, the Gonzaga Wichita State game. You realize like that's not th- that shocking that Wichita State won. Like it's not, it's not like they lost to. It's, this isn't a Robert Morris. This isn't a Lehigh. This isn't a Norfolk State situation. You know, they didn't lose to UMBC like people talk about. Mm-hmm. So the only, the, I, I wanted to do this since 2006. They and I, I feel like this is deja vu because I, I feel like I've done this before with Gonzaga. But uh, since 2006, when they choke against UCLA, Tate, which we all remember, mm-hmm. Adam Morrison crying. Um, which, as a reminder, UCLA was the higher seeded team. UCLA was the two seed. Gonzaga <laughs> was the three seed. It, mm-hmm. they, they choked only in how they choked, not that they lost to an inferior team since 2006 there there have been five other times that they've been a top four seed they've been they've been a top four seed five times since 2006 in the 2009 tournament they were a four seed they lost in the sweet 16 to north carolina who won yep. the national championship and is one of the greatest teams we've ever seen and it's probably the team you talk about the statistics like beating teams by 13 points and all that other stuff like yeah. that's all the 09 carolina team that's all the stats that you would see from them so so that says a lot <laughs> so not a choke uh, yeah. In 2015, they are the two seed. They lose in the Elite Eight to, to the one seed Duke Blue Devils, who go on to win the national championship. <laughs> Probably not going to consider not that Not a, a joke, yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2017, they are the one seed, and mm. they lose in the title game to North Carolina, who went on to win the national championship, because that's how that works in title games. <laughs> so probably i was not at a that game yeah shout out to michael wilbon <laughs> probably not a choke 2018 they're a four seed they lose in the sweet 16 to florida state who is a nine seed now you can get you can you can package this as a choke just because you're a four seed and you get upset by a nine seed but at the same time you do like the uh the expected result a four seed loses in the sweet 16 that's uh, i mean that makes sense to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, how it usually happens. That's yeah. usually how it works. It's not like, again, it, it, it's technically a choke, I guess, because you lose to the nine seed. But at the same time, where is this game taking place? It's happening in the Sweet 16. It's not like this happened in the first round. Uh, and also, they were a four seed. They're, they weren't a one seed that was supposed to go to the Final Four or anything. Like No one was it, looking at it, Gonzaga that year saying, this is a national champion. It comes so, from like talking out of both sides of our mouths, or you know, not you and I in particular, but just in general, the sports fan, especially the March Madness sports fan, because they say that Gonzaga Gonzaga chokes because they don't win the title, right? But they also, you know what I mean? They also don't think Gonzaga is good enough to win the title, so you can't right. have it both you can't, ways. You can't have you it know? both ways, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And finally, the 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 last time that Gonzaga had a top four seed was 2019, the last tournament we had. They were one seed. Uh, with with the aforementioned team, the Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark team that we all remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost in the Elite Eight to Texas Tech, who went on to almost win the national, lost the national title game in overtime 
So I would classify that as I mean 2019 was a great tournament I guess I, I know because Texas I, yeah. Tech was a three seed and they were a one seed but like again we're talking about the elite eight like you're already like I don't I don't understand I'm, I don't know I, I'm fired up dude because we've, we've <laughs> the point is we've never seen this from Gonzaga ever ever never not even close what Gonzaga has done so far we have never seen anything even remotely close to it uh and secondly this idea that like okay this happens every year where they, they are killing it in November and December and then they choke in March. Also not even close. It's happened like literally one time, 2013, they, they lost to Wichita State is the one time I would say Gonzaga choke. That is that is undeniably mm. a choke. Uh, even and, and even then, it's like you could start to say, that, that even comes with a yeah, but attached to it. You know what I mean? They, they have no, they have no Lehigh. They have no, yeah, uh, but, but there's also right. like the 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 scale of memory and the things that we attach stereotypes to, especially in college basketball, especially with the news cycle moving so quickly. I feel like 2013 is about as far back as the casual fan can go. So if that was the right. first year they watched and they saw Gonzaga do that, then they build the idea that that's who they are. They ideate from there. And uh, I don't know. I don't I'm trying know. to make excuses for all these straw man arguments out there. No, I, I, I just ridiculous. want to say that because it's uh, <laughs> I, it, it ultimately doesn't matter. Like look, Gonzaga fans, Gonzaga, Mark Few, they don't need my help. Like if, if they're this good, like they're going to prove it. They're going to win the national championship or not. They have to prove it on the, the – what I'm doing here is I'm trying to explain to people that – it's okay to be excited about this Gonzaga team. It's okay mm-hmm. to if, if you're watching this and you're saying, "Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. This team looks unbeatable. This team looks." Th- that's that's a normal reaction. That is not hyperbole. Anybody who is telling you uh, you do this every year that we were doing this with X Y Z last year and the year before and remember when we did this with 2019 Duke? No, we didn't. We were excited for content with Duke because Zion was fat or not fat, and they had three of the top <laughs> players, and like the whole thing was hilarious. And then they lost to Gonzaga anyway, and like no one, no one was this high on Duke as I am on Gonzaga right now. Mm-hmm. I was high on, and for content purposes, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'll be able to talk about yeah. Zion all year. But I, I mean, we like, were high on Duke. We were on Mount Zion after the Champions Classic, which you yeah, and I both game, know yeah. doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it is mm-hmm. a basically an exhibition game at this point, even if that, and so. That was the Zion train. I think you did a great job of explaining why Gonzaga is so different. And in fact, if you watch Gonzaga play, it is different. It feels like they yeah. are by far the best team and the other team has no shot to win. You know, it doesn't feel like it's an evil 50-50 split when they walk in that, you know, there's going to be a winner and a loser. It feels like Gonzaga is going to win the game and it's going to be fun to watch. And I think... Uh, that's what's so fun about this team. Yeah, there, there is a lot of basketball left to be played. One of my favorite phrases in sports. Mm. A lot of football left to be played, Tate. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not trying to crown Gonzaga national champions right now. I'm not trying to, like, they have to go out and prove it every night. Um, I, I, I don't know if I think they're going to go undefeated, to be honest with you. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost a game or two. Because, like, all these all these other great teams we're talking about, I mean. It'll be better for them to lose a game. Yeah. If history, like, yeah, I mean. I mean. As dominant as 09 Carolina and 18 Villanova were in their tournament runs, like North Carolina lost at home to Boston College mm-hmm. that year, a bad mm-hmm. Boston College team. And lost to Wake Forest. They lost their first yeah. two ACC games that year. Yeah, and Villanova <laughs> lost to uh, St. John's at home. Mm-hmm. It was at home, I believe. They lost at home to a bad St. John's team, that, that same Villanova team. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated or anything, but... Uh, I don't know. We, we, we haven't seen anything like the, the only thing that we've seen anywhere close to this in recent college basketball is 2015 Kentucky. That is it. And I guess like mm-hmm. if you are, you know, if you are trying to pour cold water on my Gonzaga excitement, you would say, yeah, and they did not win the national championship. So let's just pump the brakes and let it all play out. And yes, I agree with you. That's why I say yeah. we, we got to play this out. But I'd also want to point out the team that Kentucky lost to 
had the national player of the year. They had two mm-hmm. first-round picks. They had a team that ba- that went to the Final Four, basically brought everybody back except Ben Brust, and and you know was was an absolute juggernaut themselves. In 2015, there were a ton of great teams in the, in college basketball in 2015, mm-hmm. and Kentucky was one of them. But there were a lot of great teams. So there's also that context to consider. Yeah, like there, Kentucky eventually did come up short. But they got all the way to the Final Four. It took the National Player of the Year and another first-round pick and a bunch of guys that had been playing together for a long time to beat them. Which, by the way, I revisited that game. Did you did you realize that Kentucky was 3-for-5 from the three-point line in that game? Isn't that insane to think about? That they only took five threes. Yeah. Devin Booker did not attempt a three-point shot against Wisconsin in the 2015 Final Four. Which... The, <laughs> the other thing, Mark Few is not going to coach his team like John Calipari did that year. Mark Few is not going to be giving Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert 20 minutes a game because he's got to play favorite <laughs> for the brother guys on the bench. Yeah, he's and, like, I already made promises to these other guys. Yeah. yeah, he's not trying to get every single guy drafted. He's not trying to have 10 first-round picks in this 20, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, you're right. Kentucky didn't win the title that year, but also if that's what you're holding out hope for is like, it, there's, there's going to be a team come along that has two first rounders and the national player of the year and, and, and all that. And it's still going to take a minor miracle to beat them. Like, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe it is Baylor. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, that's what I mean. They're, maybe that's the only a team, team yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Maybe Baylor, it's Baylor. Villanova's up there. There are yeah. teams that could beat Gonzaga, but like the more you watch them, the more it's like, listen, man, I get it. Like off nights, happen in the NCAA tournament and all it takes is that's the other thing is like it quote unquote it takes one bad night and you can get bounced Gonzaga is so good man it it takes like their their B minus game can be all but probably 10 teams in the country mm-hmm. <laughs> like honestly they, they they do not have to play well they could play they could never even come close to their potential and win the national championship and I I don't care if that sounds like like uh, uh I'm getting carried away and and buying into the hyperbole I don't care I'm I know what I've seen and what I've seen has never been done before so kiss my ass all you haters that's yeah that's my yeah take statement. that yeah message to the haters <laughs> take that and uh, West Coast Pac-12 update you heard it here first West Coast basketball the national champions could be coming this year and that would be good for everybody what a on the west coast what other yeah, what other situations do you remember as being uh the field like one team versus the field like, i mean uh, i i, I 2015 think we just kentucky's the one right yeah it's 2015 kentucky i think i mean 2009 north carolina the tournament itself yeah was like ty lawson rested in the first game because they knew that they were going to blow everybody out so that felt almost inevitable if honestly the the similarities between those two teams is that i felt like that north carolina team was inevitable and i feel like the Gonzaga team this year with Mark Few is inevitable. Mark Few has to win a title. Yeah, he like he has to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And 2017 seemed to be the year that it would be, but it wasn't because North Carolina had a redemption arc of their own and a great savvy veteran team, and it was a great game. But Mark Few is going to win a title. Uh, that's a guarantee at Gonzaga, and I think this is the year that it has to be because mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it all just checks out and. In a year of a pandemic, when you need to have veteran guys, like it's going to be veteran teams that do well in, you know, March Madness or Mass Madness or whatever the hell they want to call it. But, uh, you know, that that team is perfectly built for a final run, and uh, I I hope that Mark Few gets it because I think it'd be good for college basketball to have like another coach that's you know on the mountaintop with everybody else to kind of just say yeah. he's there. He doesn't have to get over the hump. He doesn't have to get the monkey off his back. Whatever you want to say, he did it you know box check move on sharpie yeah. it whatever you want to say yeah i don't know doubt gonzaga at your own risk i'd say that i mm-hmm. uh this is this is by far the most talented team mark few's ever had this is by far the deepest team 
well, maybe not by far the deepest, but it's the deepest team, the most talented, the that like every every metric that you would measure a basketball team by, it feels like this team has all mm-hmm. the others beat. <laughs> they just played. For real, though. They just played the most insane non-conference schedule I've, I can ever remember a team playing, and and they were and, supposed and people to play, still want them to play Baylor. Yeah, they, like, they were supposed are still to play, like they need to play Baylor. They were supposed to. Can you imagine if they played Baylor, Tennessee? They also were supposed to play Texas at one point. I don't know if that was because yeah. one of the team, one of the games they dropped. I don't remember if they would played all three of them, or if it was like Baylor drops and then they tried to pick up Texas. I don't. It's my my memory is fuzzy. But can you imagine if they played all three of those teams and then? You know, one not, they weren't going to blow. I mean, we wouldn't need a tournament. That this would be the year that you know the, the Helms Foundation comes in and says Gonzaga's the national champions. Don't play the tournament. It really feels like the 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 people that are I don't want to say hate. You know, I'm I'm trying not to use just like <laughs> stupid reductionist terms, but people that are trying to pump the brakes on Gonzaga. It, it, it feels the only analogy I can come up with is uh, uh, the Indiana football season this year, where Indiana mm-hmm. beats Penn State early on. And the reaction was like, "Wow, great win!" But you also needed like the that was the that was the game Phoenix uh, at the at the end of the game. It was an overtime, and he dove. You remember this tape where he dove? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Ball and was, it barely gets. It was across, like, did he cross? Yeah. Did he not? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, and they beat yeah. Penn State, and Penn State was ranked like eighth <laughs> or something at the time. It was a massive win for Indiana, and everyone was like, "All right, that's cool." But is that a fluke? You got to prove it next week. And I forget who they had, but maybe it was Michigan next week. But every single step of the way with the Indiana football this year was like, "All right." It was like, Great that was win. pretty good. But, but next <laughs> week is when we'll really find out if you're for real. You got to play yeah. Michigan, and then they beat Michigan. And it's like, all right, well, you got to give Ohio State a good game at least. And then they lose it by seven to Ohio State. It's like, all right, but now you got to. And they just kept doing that with Indiana. That's how I feel about Gonzaga right now. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Because th- that sort of – I had Virginia fans telling me uh, – because I got, I got really excited about Gonzaga as they were – wax in Iowa and Virginia fans mm. are like, yeah, but Iowa doesn't play defense. Wait till they wait till they face the, <laughs> the, the Tony Bennett pack line. It's like, all right, well, there you go. And now Baylor and fans gone. are like, yeah, but wait till we get physical with them. No one's ever really mm-hmm. been. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. the key. That's going to be the secret is, is rough. Them yeah. Up. People no forget that Corey that. Kispert's like six, 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 seven. <laughs> and uh, he's down to get physical. And like you said, he'll just pull up from three anywhere in your mouth. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> and he might be their third best player. Exactly. I mean, he's not even the star, doing? maybe. There what are we doing? Oh God! Um, all right, let's talk about Kentucky, Louisville a little bit, and then we'll wrap this thing mm. up. Uh, Louisville won. That's it. That's our Cal's guy <laughs> update. Uh, congratulations to all the Louisville fans, Mike Rutherford and others, mm. but mostly Mike Rutherford who yeah, mainly takes it Mike, on the chin, yeah. <laughs> uh, just constantly as the as the the face of the internet's Louisville basketball fandom and. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for him. I really am. It's the dumbest rivalry. I hate this rivalry so much. It's so stupid how people try to get me to. It. it I, I. Whatever. I've I've done the rant before. I don't need to do that. I, I only have I only have enough energy for one rant, and I used it on Gonzaga, so I won't do that. But uh, in the interest of fairness, Tate, I do shit on this rivalry a lot. So I would like to congratulate Louisville fans and say this is awesome. Good for you. Mm-hmm. My question to you, Tate, if you were a Louisville fan, would you rather get your one win? every 10 years that happens against Kentucky, would you rather it be against like a 2012, 2015 type Kentucky team, like a, with, with high expectations, or would you rather your one win push Kentucky to one and six for the first time since 1911? What is more satisfying? I think it's the one and six, uh, just because you want to see them at their bottom. And, um, if you beat them and they win it all, uh, there's still like that sour, you know, nasty aftertaste of just like, uh, I, I hate the fact that they still got a title out of this, and then no one's going to remember in, that we beat them. You're stuck in yeah. Indiana land where the Christian Watford shot. Yeah, exactly. Like it means so much to you. And then, and, 
And you're Make like Kentucky little brother. Kentucky beats Indiana yeah. later in the season in the NCAA tournament, but like Indiana fans are like, we don't need to talk about that. Let's talk about the shot. And you're like, why yeah. are we talking about the shot again? <laughs> yeah, can we switch those wins? Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like. I, I like them going to one and six. Uh, I put the picture up of the 1911 Kentucky team, which I had a great time finding that picture. and looking That was a real at, picture? That was a real picture of the 1911 no Kentucky kidding? team. Yeah, I thought that was the, just like a old no, that's like Google like old basketball. <laughs> no, that's the real Kentucky basketball team. Oh it's terrifying God. uh to like if you haven't seen the picture go just type in 1911 Kentucky basketball roster you'll find it. Um and to to be able to conjure up those moments to be able to say that you've done something that happened before Adolph Rupp even went to Kentucky. I think if you're a Louisville fan that really is a rivalry move, right? That that's what real rivalry is, mm-hmm. and it's bringing up things from like the 1900s that really mm-hmm. make no. Like, it's like a different game and a different sport, but you use it as a way to basically shove it to the other fan base to say why you're the best. Um, that added a little bit of realness to the rivalry. The fact that Louisville fans were able to do that. Um, so congratulations and kudos to them. And then after the game, I mean Calipari. I mean this is the first thing that he said in the press conference. We've been working on jump stops for three weeks. But we had our chance to win. So like these are the like that that's the first thing he says. Like, you know, like basically like they've been planning on, you know, being able to handle jump stops and not Dude. biting on the pump fake. And and that was their chance to win and it just didn't work out. And I don't know. The best part about this rivalry is that Calipari did a post game and he talked about uh fight or flight. Um, he said his team was in fight or flight mode and they had to make a decision what they're going to do. Um, you know, he compared Olivier Sars' uh, missed game winners to Brandon Knight's missed game winners uh, uh, and said that they were very similar and he could see it. Uh, he also said, Luke. <laughs> that they didn't go in? What? Yeah, exactly. They've been like, that's what he told Olivier Sars. He kissed him on the forehead. He said, losing stinks. He said, we got to right the ship and try to steal one. Um, he said, we also have to paint our own picture. These are all at the same press conference. These are all just, he was just throwing shit at the wall. It was unbelievable. Um, and then he's the last a broken thing he man. Said, he is an no, absolutely broken man. I, yeah. it, it, it felt like there is big blue nation. Ashley Judd is sitting off to the side with a gun pointed at him. And <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, say the right thing. Uh, and say you're going to fix this, um, and if not, you're done. And, uh, you know, he said they should have played games up front to win some games. They need confidence. All the, You know, it was just the – it was a ride, to say the least. It was off the wall. Um, it was Coach Cal at his finest. And I think he was shocked that they lost to Louisville because, you know, you and I joke about this. He never loses to Louisville. It's not like a real game that he ever loses. Mm-hmm. He expects to win this, to win this game. Oh, and it was it was all setting up for them to win too. Exactly, it was all, exactly. It was all right. So there he was still taking. stunned. He was still yeah. stunned at that fact. So. It was all right there for the taking uh, that uh, Kentucky has their worst team they've had in over a hundred years, and they still find a way to beat Louisville. And that w- that would have been the final nail in the coffin for the. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think if Kentucky would have beat Louisville this year, I don't think I ever would have ever watched a Kentucky Louisville game. Yeah, I think it would have been certainly really it would have been like yeah. five to ten years before I watched mm-hmm. it again. I would have been like, I got to be done with this rivalry for a little while. Um, yeah. And I think Cal thought that too. I think he's like, <laughs> this is all we need. This is the, the best medicine for an alien season is Louisville on the schedule because we will win and then we'll, yep. we'll right the ship and away we go. And they lost and he's just like, he's broken. He doesn't know what to think. His, his whole world is, is shattered. He, it's like mm-hmm. the reality no longer exists. He's in like some weird state of denial. Where, where, where are the stages of grief that Cal is on right now? Like I, I, yeah. I feel like we're sort of in denial, but also... No, he's he is. I think it, I think it might be denial. denial. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he won't he won't just come out and say like we suck. 
mm-hmm. which is what he needs to say in these post game press conferences. He's like, the 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 blame falls on me. And you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. he's 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 heading in the right direction for my bad scheduling. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the scheduling. Your team sucks. In practice, yeah. you you spent however much time in practice lining Three everyone weeks. up to hold hands. Oh, jump stops. <laughs> doing jump stops and taking one step at a time and filming it and putting it out on Twitter for likes. Like what, what are we doing? You're, you're, you're Gordon Bombay here. Like what, mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. That is the issue. And, and I wish you would just say that. I think like Cal, I mean, I almost said Cal doesn't care, but I think like Cal cares more about that than anything else is the PR part of it or like big blue, having yeah. big blue nation behind him. The way to get big blue nation back on your side, Cal is to, to, to lose against Louisville and go to the post game press conference and say, we suck. Yeah. We suck. We all suck. Mm-hmm. The players suck. I suck. We all suck. We're not a good basketball team. It's it falls on me to make us a good basketball team, and that's it. And that's really all I have to say. That goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's we, it's, we don't it's, need it's, the song and dance of like uh, I'm trying to teach these kids, and I'm trying like I don't know. I mean, he but. said after the game, or he said in the pre- same press conference after the game that this was the most fun. He had he had fun coaching again because uh, he didn't have any back talk. I swear to God, he said all this. He said he had fun coaching today because he didn't have any of the mouth, basically, from the other players when they come out of the game complaining to him. Uh, Fletcher's back, by the way. Yeah, I saw uh, Cameron that. Fletcher, yeah. who was, you know, you got the, the one Grayson that was Allen appar- indefinitely suspended. Exactly. Now he he's a fa- officially back with the team uh, after the Carolina game, and the the whole show of it all, like I said, is just Coach Calipari trying to save face at some level, and it feels like the minister of conduct is your head basketball coach, meaning that like Matthew McConaughey is trying to give you a speech to get you going right. to to get you fired back up, but like at the end of the day, John Calipari is supposed to be one of the best basketball coaches in America. And you just mentioned the fact that Devin Booker didn't take one three in the 2015 Final Four game. You know what I mean? Like at some point, the marketing has to be met with the basketball, and I think Dude, that's the hierarchy of needs I was talking about a couple shows yeah. ago. Is like yeah. you, you, the the Calisms are awesome when mm-hmm. when you're winning a lot. When you're mm-hmm. when you're winning 30 games at Kentucky every year, and you're you're shooing for the Sweet 16, and you're making these multiple Final Fours in a row. And then on top of that, Cal is like doing his Cal thing, and and yep. the, the he's got all of his little Calisms and these kids and my guys, and it's like oh that's that guy's lovable, and he's getting guys drafted, mm-hmm. and he's dapping them up, and he's like he's at the NBA draft, he's like I don't know what table to sit at, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, which table do I <laughs> sit? I love them all. I have to pick favorites. <laughs> like all of that is fun when you're winning thirty. Whoa, it's me. Yeah, and Big Blue Nation's like I love this guy. But when you're trying See, to do all of that and you're one in six, everyone's like, shut the hell up, dude, and go that, win a basketball I, game. That's all what we I want learned. is one win. That's what I learned, though. I, I'm not even kidding. I learned from reading the message boards, from reading the YouTube comments, from talking to some of my dad's friends that live in Kentucky that are diehard Kentucky fans. They're done. They're done with Coach <laughs> they're Cal. Done. They're, they're done. They're done. They want him out. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I love it because it's so blue blood, you know? It's like blue bloods don't go one and six. I don't care who just, the coach is. It doesn't is. matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. matter. Like if you're Roy fired. Williams goes one and six. He's, he's fired. He's fired. He's fired. And I and, and I love that Kentucky fans are on the same wavelength as that. And a, uh, I think I think Coach Cal has to be scared of that. At, at a certain point, you're not just ruining their basketball team. You're ruining their life. Their lives. Their, li- their yeah. lifestyle. Their <laughs> livelihood. They're like yeah. yeah. You're, you're I don't ruining want no my damn life. Louisville fans <laughs> talking trash to me. Get them out of here. <laughs> Oh my God! So good. yeah, so that's where we are. Kentucky fans are ready, uh, and I, I find it I find it great. I think it's I, good. 
We wanted to get rid of the segment, but I feel like it has to stay. For, it like, it kind of has to stick. That's this is the point. This is why Cal is good at what he does. Is he finds ways for everyone to still talk about him, even yeah, though. Kind of uh, apologies to Louisville fans, but not really. I, you know, you, you finally win a game, and we spend the entire David Johnson. About, David, yeah, Johnson David Johnson. ACC David Johnson. Yeah, there you go. We spend the entire segment talking about Kentucky, but also I feel like that's what Louisville fans wanted is just mm-hmm. us shooting on Kentucky mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. that's I think they're yeah, fine. That's with the that segment trade-off. now. <laughs> I think they're fine it's with easy. that trade off if that's what we're doing instead of talking about their team. Because let's be honest, Louisville, mm. not I'm not I'm not excited about the Louisville Cardinals. You did win, yeah, you yeah. won, you won. So I'll give you congratulate. But like I like I mean, the backcourt. L- I like the backcourt. Yeah, Carlock Jones. I like the court. I like the Cardinal dunking. I like the court design, the actual court. That's about all I like about Louisville right now. Uh, All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap this thing up. One more break to talk about DraftKings. While the holiday season may be winding down, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. Hey, how about that, Tate? It's Mm. getting cold outside. But on the sports calendar, the action is heating up. From collegiate to professional sports, there is no shortage of action, and there is no better place to get in on all this action then with the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, if you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for to celebrate this year's college football playoffs? DraftKings, listen to this, is giving all new users the chance to bet on any semifinal team to win the championship at 100-1 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team, probably Ohio State if you have a brain. Uh, that's what I would do because I know that Ohio State's going to be rested. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be, <laughs> they're the better team. They're not. We're not gonna have SEC officials against Clemson. We probably are, aren't we? I yeah, probably are. I we think probably so. Actually, are. <laughs> so, sc- scratch that. Look up at what the officials, what conference they're gonna be from, and if they're from the SEC, maybe take Clemson. But if they're not, take Ohio State. Pick one semifinal team to win the championship, and if your team wins, you can cash out for one hundred dollars. But while we were excited about football, let's not forget that the twenty twenty one basketball season just kicked off. So head over to the app now and check out. All of DraftKings' daily odds boost. DraftKings is safe, it is secure, it is reliable. It makes it the easiest way for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TAPE when you sign up to get 100-1 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. Again, if you don't gamble, if you don't know what that means, that's absurd. They're basically giving you free money. Take your $1, give it to Ohio State. Thank me later. That's code Tate for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal this week for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Also have to talk about our friends at Geico. Do you own or rent a home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It is Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. And finally, got to give a shout-out to Homage one more time. Fan gear that doesn't compromise on quality. Now that is a slam dunk. The good people at Homage pay tribute to your favorite teams and iconic moments from sports, pop culture, and more with ultra-comfortable, high-quality clothing for the whole family. That's right. They have they have onesies, Tate. They have they have uh, for your, your, your fat brother who wears mm. a... a quadruple x i'm sure they have that don't quote me on that but i'm sure they do they have anyone in the family homage has it go to homage.com for the softest hoodies the sweats the tees from the nba nfl ncaa wwe i love the wrestling shirts you know that uh movies and more plus titus and tate listeners can snag 20 percent off your first order with code t and t code t and t 20 percent off 
Grab a gift for every all-star on your team or for yourself. Don't forget to treat yourself and pay homage. That's homage.com. Offer code TNT for 20% off homage.com. I'm not going to let you off the hook before we go, Tate. Uh, mm. Kevin Keats is a winner, and he proved that once again by beating North Carolina. Your thoughts? I didn't watch a second <laughs> of this game, so I, I need you to uh, explain to me what happened in Raleigh. Yeah, Kevin Keats is an, a winner, in fact, and uh, I honestly can't even – it feels so far ago uh, when that happened. That was last Tuesday night. That was before mm. Christmas. Uh, it was a whirlwind. Um, I, like, I like this. This is a new, this is a new approach. <laughs> this is a new approach. That yeah. was cool. the, the, the response right now is I've wiped it clean of my memory. I knew that they were going to lose that game, and when Vegas set the line at one and a half and favored uh, NC State at home, uh-huh. my brother texted me. He was like, you really think State's going to beat us? And I'm like, I – Honestly, you know, they're better than I thought they were. You know, all all the speech that you say beforehand to get yourself prepared for, Mm -hmm. you know, a loss. But also you say to yourself, there's no fans there. There's no pack pride. You know, there's none of that craziness that would really affect this North Carolina team. So they may be okay. North Carolina cannot shoot the ball, Mark Titus, to save their lives, especially the backcourt. Um, They had some chances at the end of this game. uh, Two wide open looks to tie the game from three. Both of them didn't even have a shot, a crying chance. And, uh... Yeah, you always hear that that saying, you know, you can't throw it in the ocean. North Carolina literally cannot throw it in the ocean. Um, they, you know, against NC State, State kind of punked them a little bit. But if they could make some shots, uh, I know that's a cliche. We love it. If they can make some shots, Mark Titus, man, they would be a good basketball team. I don't know what's going to happen um, with Caleb Did you Love. hit them all? I think you, so you, you got you got the that happened a long time ago. Yep. They got to make shots. Yep. Yeah, bad matchup. Did you say bad, bad matchup? Yeah. Sprinkle, TV sprinkle Teddy bad was. I think there. TV Teddy was. TV Teddy this game. was calling the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, and at Ooh. the end of the day, man, listen. And, and I, at the end of the day, Kevin Keats is a winner. You know what I mean? Kevin and Keats is a winner. That's all it is. You know. What and it you is. shrug your shoulders and you say, "Listen, man, it's basketball. You know, nights the, like the, this will happen." <laughs> <laughs> the best news about it all is that, uh, like, the national media instead of just like kicking Carolina, they all immediately put NC State up as a tournament team. Like I saw like the the, mm. the Fox bracket that they put out. NC State was an eight seed. Uh, Lenardi had him in their tournament now. So I'm like, as long as NC State is getting boosted and mm. that is not bringing North Carolina down, that's good news. So it yeah. wasn't a bad loss, Titus. That's what I'll say. Not that's a bad what, loss. Uh, yeah, Ohio State losing to Northwestern picked a great time to do it. <laughs> yeah, right after Northwestern beats Michigan State <laughs> and Indiana, then yeah. Ohio State uh, – it is a bad loss. We had we had the mm-hmm. shot. The, we should have won that game. We we choked down the stretch so badly. God, mm. that one hurts. Mm. That one hurts. But it might be it might be for the better because you're calling Chris Holtman Mister December. I think he listened to the show and he said, "I'm not Mister December. I don't want this title. Get this yeah. out of here. I'm giving this to Chris Collins. Like yeah, Chris, Chris Collins, Mister December." Yeah. And, and it makes sense too because Bobby Hurley is the original Mr. December. He was, you know, the the man that invented the idea, who created the image. Uh, he has thrown that out. He does not want to be that anymore. And it's funny that another, you know, Duke disciple, a Coach K disciple, decided to be the new uh, Mr. December. Go. So maybe Chris Collins is the yeah. new Mr. That, that, that's thank I'm, you. Chris I'm chalking Collins. it up to that. Is a uh, shout out to Miller Cop, uh, a friend of the program. Twenty three points in that game. Yeah. I know you don't want to shout him out, but uh, he was great in that Ohio State game. Yeah, that one was tough because <laughs> yeah, I know we like Miller Cop on the show, but also, <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Dude, Aldish is the one that uh, I hate. Dude, that guy that yeah. guy was pulling everything out of his ass against Indiana. He was hitting every shot. It was... It was absurd. Who cares? Moving on. I don't. I don't want to. They've had like a different guy every game. Kind of go off. Like Bowie went off uh, for thirty. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't mind. I don't mind it if if they stick with it. Like if Northwestern, 
what I'm going to mind is if you Northwestern three and all Big Ten right now. Yeah. If they're three and nine in the Big Ten, if I look mm-hmm. up a Northwestern's three and nine, so help me God, I will mm-hmm. talk about it on this podcast. I mm-hmm. promise you that. I can't wait. All right, shout out to closeouts. Uh, yeah, shout out to Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, if you don't know, Scotty Pippen Jr. plays for Vanderbilt. He leads the SEC in scoring right now. Uh, I think 23 points per game. Uh, Vanderbilt's not a great team. They're not really uh, the most exciting team to watch, but they do have Scottie Pippen's son. Doesn't he uh, spell think, his name differently too? Isn't it S-C-O-T-T-Y? And yeah, Scottie it's, y, Sr. it's is, is I-E? Yeah, I don't think yeah. you can do that. I think that breaks the rules. I think if you're a junior, you got to spell it the same, right? I think that's you know, why some people have had some confusion as to if he was just like happened to have the last name Pippen and then they just yeah. named him Scottie and they're do, just that, like that, junior. That, that's... That's illegal. You can't do that. <laughs> I can't name my son I don't know Mark how, Jr. and spell it with a C. I, I, I don't know how it works, but uh, he's doing well for Vanderbilt. He is their leading scorer, like I said, leading scorer in the SEC. And uh, he's fun to watch. And there's been a lot of, you know, uh, Brownie Jr. with the, you know, the the Pippen family. They're all in the news uh, right now. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. the Larsa Pippen situation with Malik Beasley. That's, you know, <laughs> taking situation. a lot of headlines. And uh, and then you also got Scotty Pippen. So I'm trying to I'm trying to shift the conversation to Scotty Pippen Jr., which I think Scotty Pippen Sr. would appreciate. So let's mm-hmm. uh, let's take that lens, push it over to the side. Shout out to Scotty Pippen Jr. I like it. Uh, I want to shout out to the NCAA, um, mm. who you you mentioned this earlier, has patented the phrase, trademarked the phrase. Um, I'm not a patent trademark lawyer. I don't know how it works, but um, they filed something for the right to use the phrase. <laughs> Mask Madness, Tate. Mm. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> that is a big time. Wait, what? Uh, what are we doing? We are profiting off of weird. What? What is happening right now? We're. we're I'm. I am so confused by it. Uh Yeah. But I. I mean, the, the assumption is that they're going to use this. If this is on the court, I swear to God, if this is the Final Four, it says Mask Madness, and there's like like they ditched the Final Four logo for 2021. It's just like a mask and. It's Coach K wearing a mask with a thumbs up. (laughs) And it says 2021 NCAA tournament on the mask. Whatever. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. In the meantime, I saw... Coach uh, K's opting out. Don't worry. You're never going to see that. (laughs) I saw... uh, Well, that's that's his way to to, to still make it to the Final Four is be the logo of the Final Four. I mean, I saw Matt Norlanders reporting that the the NCAA tournament has been approved in Indianapolis. The whole thing is going to take place in Indianapolis. As I suspected, and many others suspected, but uh, this was my fear, Tate, they are apparently going to be playing games in Bloomington, in Lafayette, uh, in Assembly Hall, Mackey Arena. They're also going to be playing at Ball State. So the idea of an Indianapolis bubble is dead. It is not an Indianapolis bubble. It's an Indiana bubble um, mm-hmm. because Lafayette and Bloomington are both like 45 minutes to an hour away, depending on who's driving. So I, I, I don't know if I – I mean, like, I guess I'll love, I'll love it when it happens. When I turn on my TV and I see NCAA tournament games taking place in Mackey and in Assembly Hall, that's going to yeah, be awesome. Assembly Hall is going to be amazing. Yeah. That's going to be awesome, but I'm just confused as to why I have a bubble if the bubble is going to be have a 300-mile radius. Look, here's the secret. There's no such thing as a bubble. Radius. And uh and that's what I mean, it yeah. is it is all fictionalized. I, I mean, it's it sounds good in a vacuum. It definitely sounds good in a presentation, but we're not going to be in a bubble. Uh we're going to be Coincidentally, in it sounds good in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hope we're back for three x three u. That's uh, I hope that we can yeah. drop bags. Uh, and I hope have, so too. But but that seems like, who knows? You know, knock on wood. I'm just I hoping that we that are that positive vibes shine in 2021. That's all we I can know. hope for. 
And uh, yeah. I mean, mass madness is idiotic. Profiting off uh, a pandemic is the most NCAA thing I think I've ever heard. It's so stupid, it's, dude. It's, you know, when you watch movies as a kid and you watch like Spy Kids and you see like the evil establishment and you're like, man, I'm just so glad that doesn't exist in the real world. You know, yeah. it's like they they may, they might. Well, and, dude, that uh, is that is the big revelation <laughs> to me with this pandemic is that when you read back on uh, world wars or just moments in this country's history where it, it there seems to be a sense of the country came together. We had mm-hmm. a crisis, a common enemy, whether it was disease or a, a foreign enemy. What have you? My understanding of the world wars was that, and, and maybe this says more about the the public school system in Indiana than anything else. But this was yeah. my understanding. This is what I was led to believe was that when crisis struck this country, we all looked around at our fellow neighbors. We threw our arm around each other and said, "We are America, goddamn it! Mm-hmm. We are going to, to we're going to beat this. We're going to come together and we are going to beat this, whatever it is." Mm-hmm. And we're and 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 you have factories that are making. God knows what. And those factories said, we're going to stop making God knows what, and we're going to start making mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and whatchamacallits, because that's what the war effort needs. The soldiers overseas, they need whatchamacallits, and we make doohickeys. So we're going to mm-hmm. stop making the doohickeys, we're going to start mm-hmm. making the whatchamacallits, because we're America, goddammit. Mm-hmm. And that was like the, always the sense I had about how people handle like massive crises. And then the pandemic <laughs> happens in 2020, and... For a moment, for a moment in time, there was like a, let's all come together. And then you look up and what come together looked like was companies that used to sell other stuff are now selling masks <laughs> at a markup and, like, <laughs> and filing trademarks here and there. And like, how can I profit off of this? And you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. What happened? I don't, yeah. it's, 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 when did Coca-Cola start making sanitizer? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Like, like that would be a story you'd read in 2020 is like Coca-Cola stopped making Coke and made sanitizer. And you'd read that and you'd be like, oh my God, that is so cool that they are helping the effort. And then you keep reading the article, and they're like, and they're only selling it for twenty dollars a bottle. And you're like, what? Why would they not sell it? Ay ay ay. Anyway, uh, I, I write about this and more in my uh, my premium newsletter. You could subscribe for only ten dollars a month. <laughs> Please send me money. Anyway, book me on Cameo, guys. Yeah, for all that and more. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh god mask madness who's man. who's excited about that i know i know one thing that makes me excited is putting on a mask because of a pandemic that's killing hundreds of thousands of my fellow like citizens. whose idea was me. that that that's the only Holy question shit. i have who put that out there who said we need to get this uh done like who needs to get this through and approved but that's I the that's the joy of the nca death star is that you point it, everyone can point fingers. Yeah, yeah it's like who who is it? Who made the yeah. they're like, we don't know. Yeah. They're, they're like they're, they're like the NCAA. <laughs> You're like, yeah. what is that? Isn't that you guys? They're like, no, it's not us. <laughs> what if the NCAA doesn't actually exist? What yeah. if it's just like there's it's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, it's the Wizard of Oz. It's Mark Emmert behind a curtain. <laughs> and going, Mark Emmert isn't even real. He's a robot. And it's like there's there's and that's it. And that's uh <laughs> I mean and that's Dan Gavitt. That's Dan Gavitt's job. Like he's the he was hired mm-hmm. by a robot, and he's kind of in <laughs> on it. And but that's the reason he talks to everybody all the time is because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm I got to go back to the drawing board, but I, I'm I think there's something there. There's yeah, I I, there I feel sure. like there's going to be a, a show of ours at one point where we have you know we just put up the board and we so we have a flow chart and we say we have your playbook and it's just the NCAA <laughs> and it's an arrow that goes to a yellow brick road and an arrow that goes to a curtain and an arrow that goes to Dan Gavitt. 
<laughs> we have your playbook. Oh, God. What else? Is there anything else? Honestly, that... shout out to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they beat the mm. Brooklyn Nets the other night. Um, I know this is a college basketball podcast. Terry Rozier. Yeah, Terry Rozier. mouth. Man, Gordon Hayward. Uh, I am a fan of Gordon Hayward. I never was a fan of Gordon Hayward. I am now officially a fan. Sign me up. He's playing at his own pace. Um, the man is not rushed. He knows how to play the game mm-hmm. of basketball. It's beautiful. It's like Brownsburg, uh, Indiana. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it. The, the mm-hmm. Hornets with LaMelo Ball off the bench, they just have such pizzazz and fun. And uh, I don't know. I can't believe they beat the Nets. And they beat the Nets so bad, Mark Titus, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving rested against the Grizzlies uh, tonight. Mm. So that says a lot to me. That's yeah, embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. The bottom line ticker said, out, <laughs> Durant. Irving, in parentheses, embarrassment. Dude, it's great. It's great. So shout out to the Good Hornets. So, I finally so have something Hornets, to pull for. One uh, and two. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Hang the banner. First Started one and two with a win over the Nets. I feel like the Nets... Uh, has anyone else had this day? I, I have not... I, I'm not ready for the NBA to be back. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. I haven't watched yeah. much NBA. I, I can't get excited about it. It just feels like it ended last week. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll come back around soon enough. I, I I do both. I'm not afraid to watch NBA games as college is going on, but uh, I just can't get excited because it's just too much. It's uh, it, it came back too soon. So I don't know if anybody has said this before, but I I'm getting Clippers vibes from the Nets. Is this mm. a take that that people believe in, or am I inventing something here that the Nets feel like this year's Clippers, where on paper they're killing people, they're awesome, they're the one team that can challenge the Lakers or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, and then the playoffs come and. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant hate each other and everyone's pointing fingers at Steve Nash saying why did we hire a guy who has zero coaching experience yeah and it just all falls apart it's That's it's what, uh the Clippers yeah. of the East is definitely uh I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie would cry if they heard that um mm-hmm. but I think that the general public would agree with you that that's exactly who they are and the craziest part is you know like, they lost the night to the Grizzlies so that like they mm-hmm. they won their first two games. America fell in love. They crowned them as the champions of the East. Who could beat this team with Kyrie and KD? Uh, Dinwiddie tears his ACL. Um, mm. Kyrie and KD sit that. out, and now they're two and two. And those same people that just crowned them the champions of the East will now say they're scrubs and that it was the worst decision of their careers. So like I feel bad for Kyrie and KD that they have to like live this life of like. You go from like a hundred percent. Everyone's like, "You're the greatest." To you suck. You suck, and then they're gonna win again, dude. I feel bad for NBA the, media. Yeah, you want to talk about like whiplash with the Big Ten and, and saying we thought Wisconsin was awesome, and now they said what? That'd be exhausting being an NBA and the team wins, and you're like, "This, this is the greatest team we've ever seen." Yep. And then the Lakers lose two in a row, and you're like, "What's wrong with the Lakers?" And yeah, it, how about it, the Bucks? Like, the Bucks lost to the Knicks without Obi Toppin and Emmanuel but it quickly. Means, it means but it means nothing. nothing. Exactly. Yeah, but you have to make it mean something. <laughs> exactly. If you're covering the sports, you're like, yeah. oh my God, mm-hmm. how, how concerned should we be here? Mm-hmm. All right, finally, I, I want to shout out Aaron Rodgers. I love watching him play football. That's really all I have to say. Uh, I, I just can't deny it The snow longer. game was great. Yeah, we needed I just that. can't deny yeah. it any longer. I, I was a Vikings fan once upon a time in my life. I've kind of, I don't really care anymore. But uh, So I kind of wanted to hate Aaron Rodgers. Were you Rogers, a Vikings but, fan because of Randy Moss? 
Yeah, I was a Viking fan because of Chris Carter more than anything. Oh, okay. My dad. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, that's I told, right. I think I've told yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes yeah. sense. My dad I just feel like there's a lot of people Carter. that are uh, of a certain age, like from my age and uh, above, that love the Vikings. Like I have a bunch of friends that are Vikings yeah, fans, yeah. and I ask them, and they're like, "I love Cole Pepper and You're Randy Moss." Cole Pepper and Randy Moss. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll say that. I get yeah, it. well, well, I get well that, it. Like, that that's probably accurate then, because I, I I was probably a Chris Carter fan, and I just like Chris Carter, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't care about the Vikings until Randy Moss, and then. Yep. And then I'd start watching Chris Carter games, and then I'd see Randy Moss out there too, and I was like, "All right, this team's awesome." I yeah, you're like, "That's the guy." Yeah. Anyway, point is, uh, I didn't want to love Aaron Rodgers for the longest time, and I started loving him a few years ago, and now I'm mm-hmm. finally ready to publicly admit it that I love watching that guy play football. And uh, there's that. And then the only other thing I would say is I want to shout out Ohio State quarterbacks. As a Buckeye myself, I feel like I need to step up and do this because Dwayne Haskins was released from Washington today. Mm. And uh, I'm seeing way too much talk about how Ohio State quarterbacks never pan out. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to point out, I just want to make this point. Uh, Okay, first of all, not wrong. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like any Ohio State quarterbacks have been great. I just, I just want to make the point that there are, at any one time in the National Football League, there are seven good quarterbacks, maybe, Mm -hmm. if you're lucky. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there have been like 24 good quarterbacks in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there aren't good quarterbacks. I show me a school <laughs> that pumps out great NFL quarterback. Like this is the thing about NFL. This is what's so hilarious to me is that the, the, being a good NFL quarterback is you could find more guys that have walked the moon than have like yeah. been labeled as an unassailable, great NFL quarterback. It feels like, like mm-hmm. all these guys get picked apart. Like right now there are guys that they are guys that are going to make the playoffs and their, their teams are like, I, their, their fan base are like, I hate this guy at quarter. We got to, mm-hmm. we got to get an upgrade. And you're like, who's mm-hmm. going to upgrade there, there? There are, there are seven good quarterbacks maybe. So my point Tate is, why show me a school that does produce a lot of great quarterbacks? Yeah, well, show me the, one that's like that's quarterback you. Does it does it exist? No. So well, shut well, the hell up, America. Quarterback you is basically Duke University because of David Cutcliffe, and David Cutcliffe coached the Manning brothers, which again they are brothers who also have a father who yeah. is a good NFL quarterback. Uh, or I guess depending on your take on wins and losses, maybe not a good quarterback, but. Regardless, he is the quarterback guru who made Daniel Jones, and he coached two brothers that had the mm-hmm. genetics of an NFL quarterback. <laughs> right, so right. it's you know it seems like that would be you know you know what the answer easy is to develop. You it's know? Purdue. Yeah. It's oh Purdue. yeah, it's Drew Brees. It's yeah. Bob Greasy, Drew Brees, Kyle Orton. Yeah, yeah. Who Brian was like Curtis Cardinal. Painter? Curtis Painter is my favorite. Curtis Painter. Brian Cardinal counts kind of in a weird way. <laughs> Uh, oh, dude. That's good. Purdue got something, though. Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Is that the show? I think I it think might so. be. Yeah, I think that's, that's all it. I got. Happy New Year, everybody. I think this is our last show of 2020. Is, is, wow. is that it? So next time you hear from us, every, every problem in the world will be solved. <laughs> It'll be fixed. <laughs> It'll be fixed. We're good. Wow. We did it. We made it to the end of 2020. <laughs> Honestly, who would have thought? I mean, at, at middle of March, middle of April, middle of May, middle of June, middle of July, there were some roadblocks where you and I looked at each other and we're like, what are we going to do here? We, yeah. we got to figure this out. And uh, thank God college basketball came back. Well, with that in mind, uh, mental health check on all, mm. all the friends of the program. Uh, tough time of year for a lot yep. of people. Um, holidays are over. There's like four hours of sunlight. It's cold as balls. Most people listen to it. It's cold in L.A. today, actually. It was mm-hmm. rainy rainy and and 40 something degrees. Mm-hmm. Always a brutal time of the year for people that struggle with mental health. So I just wanted to uh, do a little mental health check on the friends of the program. Say, I'm thinking about you guys. We love you guys. Uh, as always, don't be afraid to, uh, to to be a little down. And don't think that you're in this alone. And um, 
Lord knows that Tate and I are, are in this as well. Because as you said, Tate, this has been a brutal stretch for a lot of us. So anyway, I've, I've done that a handful of times on the show. No, I like to check in. I don't know if it helps it. anybody, but um, you know, maybe it helps one person just to <laughs> say that I, I share your pain and I can't necessarily solve it, but uh, I'm in this with you. And yeah. uh, I also wish that things were open in Los Angeles and it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> there wasn't a pandemic. Yeah. Don't think that if you're listening to us, that we're just like sitting around having the greatest time in the world, laughing and, and being joyous, even <laughs> yeah. though we do on the show, but this is our release. The rest of the time I'm sitting yeah. in my yeah. house, watching TV, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> just like reading crap. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, a, it's not as luxurious as it may sound. We're just like you. Which, we're normal yeah. people. We're doing the same things and we're all in it together. You mentioned it before we, I grew up in public school, the North Carolina, public school education they told me the same thing that in world war ii we all came together honestly dude that, that does become like an existential I, we should we should in the show but I, i'll it does become like a, a overwhelming thing a overwhelming thought i've had is like you look around you realize like things i thought i believed in like institutions yeah. i thought would like <laughs> people I thought would step up like, holy shit. Like you're kind of, and then you get this sense of just isolation and like, am I in this alone? Is this like, are all the people I believed in, are they just going to let me down? Is that how life works? And the answer is, you know, sometimes maybe, but uh, you know, you're, you're not alone. We're all just alone together. If that makes sense. Yes. We're all having the same thoughts. We're just having them alone. And hopefully this show in some weird way can, I don't know, yeah, if we say something that you're maybe. thinking, then maybe that brings us all together in one community. It's the same frequencies, right? Let's just uh, good energies, good vibes, and 2021, here we come. 2021, here we come. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Hey, hey, see you guys next year. Ooh, I like that. <laughs>